Let's go flex. Mm-hmm. All right, Saison. Do right. don't do it. Don't do it. Sante Darius. Ah! <laughs> wow. That <was> my flex. <laughs> that is a that's a formidable ah. Very good. Well done. Sniped me. That was gonna be my second pick. Hey everybody, welcome to Props and Hops, a betting and beer podcast powered by Dimers.com and part of Blue Wire Hustle. I'm Matt Landis, and in this episode, the Hops take center stage, and that's because, inspired by last week's NFL draft, this week it's a craft beer draft with three big names in beer joining me and calling the shots. Our guests in this episode include friend of the pod, Eno Saris. Eno's a baseball analytics writer for The Athletic and a craft beer savant. In fact, he previously ran a site called Beer Graphs. And you may recall that Eno joined the show shortly before opening day to talk baseball and beer. So we're excited to welcome him back and also excited to welcome aboard two newcomers, Danny Fulpint, the co-founder and chief beer drinker with The Full Pint, a go-to destination for craft beer news, reviews, and event information. And Danny's also the host of The Full Pint Podcast. And we also welcome aboard Cody Thompson, the creator and host of Beer Night in San Diego, the first and longest-running beer podcast in one of the world's best craft beer cities. The concept here... Considered a guide to the best beer and arguably the best state for craft beer, the four of us draft our favorite California craft breweries, and we assign each of those breweries to a particular craft beer style. And there's a catch. Each brewery can only be used once. So that means that even though we've got plenty to work with across all of California, some breweries are known for world-class takes on multiple styles, and once a brewery gets claimed for any one style in this draft, it's off the board for good. So overall, it's going to be six rounds with 24 spectacular breweries getting selected across the most popular beer styles, and this draft features three guests who bring the full package to the table in terms of credibility and fun, so I'm thrilled just to be along for the ride and doing my best to pull my weight. And if you want to see what our picks look like, I'll be sharing a graphic of the final draft board. You'll be able to see it on Twitter at mlandis18, and on Instagram, at propsandhops. Check it out. We'd love to hear what you think. You can join the conversation on Twitter and Instagram and let us know who you think put together the best lineup as well as which breweries you think got snubbed. One housekeeping note before we get to the draft, while this episode focuses on the hops, if you're looking for betting edges on the props, check out dimers.com, where the Dimers team has been using its predictive analytics model to secure some strong value on NBA player props being posted in daily write-ups. All right, and now we're on the clock. Enjoy the craft beer draft with Eno, Danny, Cody, and yours truly. Welcome to the first annual Props and Hops Craft Beer Draft. I'm honored to be doing this with three of my favorite people in beer. And in geographical order, I guess working our way down the California coastline, we've got Eno Saris, Danny Fulpint, and Cody Thompson. And guys, to help listeners match the voice to a name, I'd love it if we could do brief intros in that order, starting with Eno, then Danny, then Cody. And just add a little bit of color to the intro if you could also throw in the last brewery that you visited. Ooh. 
<laughs> you were talking pre-COVID time. No, actually, I, I visited one uh, during COVID. <laughs> uh, the last brewery I visited uh, was, and this is Eno Sarah speaking. Uh, I write for The Athletic. Um, I used to uh, run beer graphs. Um, and uh, the last brewery I visited, uh, I can't remember the name. I was in Cottonwood, Arizona, uh, visiting my mother. And I went to the local brewery. I bet it's just like Cottonwood Brewery. Um, and had their hazy, which was decent. Was that part of the big family road trip, including the Grand Canyon and Havasu? That's right. That's right. We went to the Grand Canyon. Nice. Next time, maybe you'll be able to fly safely, but pretty cool that you got that in. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It looked great. Good. Good job. Um, 2,500 kind of miles of driving with two, a six year old and eight year old. <laughs> oh my God. You needed more breweries than that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you should have a bunch of them cataloged, but uh, we're moving in the right direction. It's it's coming back. And on that note, uh, Danny, want to let people know what you're up to and right. the last spot you've been up. Yeah, so uh, Danny Fullpint, uh, co-founder of the Fullpint.com daily uh, beer news weekly podcast. I want to say the last brewery I visited was – Either Highland Park beer or Green Cheek, uh, in, uh, Orange, uh, California. Uh, and this was like, you know, not the experience you wanted, but I, it was probably picking up cases or four packs or whatever that, you know, whatever the pandemic looked like. And, yeah. uh, you know, you can't go wrong with either of those breweries. Just a lot of fresh hops. Yeah, based on those two, there might be some stiff competition somewhere near the top of this draft, but we'll see how that plays out in a moment. Cody, uh, what should people know about you, and, and what's the last brewery you went to? Presumably a good San Diego spot. Yeah, so I'm Cody. I'm the creator and host of Beer Night in San Diego, a local beer podcast here in San Diego. And uh, the last brewery I went to is actually I was able to stop by on my way home from a very busy day at work just about – 20, 30 minutes ago, I stopped by Burgeon Beer and picked up mm-hmm. their brand new cans. They just released two new cans today, the Invita Lager, which I'm drinking now, and then they released a uh, an IPA collaboration with Meckleheny Brewing, which is the father-son team of the once uh, prestigious Alpine beer company up in Alpine. So, uh, yeah, I stopped by there, grabbed those real quick, and then rushed right on home to join you gentlemen to do this fun show. Oh, that sounds awesome. And I hope that uh, if we're to do this again, you know, if this same draft were to happen next year, maybe McElhenney could be, you know, right at the top of a lot of our boards because I know the, the Alpine story has been an interesting one, but it's great to see them getting back in the business. I think that this time next year, they will be a lot of our first picks, probably in that West West Coast IPA category, I would imagine. Yeah, well, Cody, I'd love to also give you some credit for being the creative inspiration for this concept. Uh, I think I subconsciously copied to an extent um, something you did with Beer Night in San Diego a little while back with, I believe it was a fantasy brewery draft. You Mm -hmm. guys were focused on San Diego County, fortunately with the whole state of California at our disposal, um, kind of covering the state from Eno up north to you uh, down near the border. We've got a lot of options on the table. And I'd love to just give a high-level overview of the concept before we dive in any further I feel kind of like a referee giving a speech to the team captains before the overtime coin toss. So feel free to jump in with any thoughts or questions along the way. But what we're going to be doing is drafting California craft breweries and assigning each of those breweries to a beer style. And those styles include West Coast IPA, 
hazy IPA, stout, sour, lager, and then we're going to call it a flex. This last category, kind of a dealer's choice, if you will, pairing any brewery you would like with the style of your choice with that style not being one covered in those first five. So the catch here is that each brewery can only be used once. And again, with the whole state at our disposal, there's plenty to work with. But once a brewery is claimed, it's off the board for good. So I know uh, Highland Park's an example of a spot. Um, Danny was saying he was just there not too long ago. They make great West Coast IPA, but they also make some of the best loggers in the game. So some interesting game theory in play. And to clarify what we're doing here, when we announce each pick, we can call out not only the brewery, but also the style that we're assigning. Mm-hmm. So, and we're, this is like fantasy where those are positions. So we're each, we're each drafting a hazy. Yes, correct. Uh-huh. We'll each draft every style. So overall, each of us will pick six breweries. So the draft in total will be 24 selections. And the goal, uh, Danny kind of asked this a bit before we started rolling, but, um, you know, how do we determine who wins? We won't in short, but we, we would like to maybe prove some palette supremacy by assembling the best roster we can and honestly just have a good time. I will be posting a final draft board. So if anybody's listening and wants a visual of how this plays out on Twitter at mlandis18 and on Instagram at props and hops. So we'll definitely be inviting listeners to weigh in on who put together the best lineup. Nice. So with that in mind, do you guys have any thoughts or questions or are we good to proceed to? filling out the draft order in real time. Let's go. I'm ready to lose to Eno right now, so might as well get started. <laughs> no, this is hilarious because normally I'm a fantasy guy, right? Like normally I have projections, I have an auction calculator, I have it all mapped out. I got no idea, man. I'm just yeah. flying by the seat of my pants here. I'll yeah. probably screw it up somehow. Do we have any Z scores? Yeah. Do we have any Z scores, Eno, for Asante Adarius? No Z scores. No Z scores. <laughs> but when I had beer grass, you know, too bad I don't have that data anymore. That that one might have helped a little bit yeah well it's it's gonna be a good time so we'll dive in and yeah we're gonna unveil the draft order in real time i'm gonna get this rolling right now and give you guys the play-by-play i have all four of our names on a wheel clicking to spin it and the first pick goes to (laughs) the first that goes to matt (laughs) nice you rigged it it's rigged (laughs) All right, uh, I'll take my name out of the running here. Let's see. So we've got Eno, Cody, and no, Danny on the board. That. That's fine. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I'm the host. I, I, home field advantage. What can you say? Yeah, uh, but, Eno, you you can stop complaining if you'd like, because you have the number two pick. Hey, look at that. All right. It is me and then Eno. All right, so we are down to Cody and Danny for numbers three and four. The third pick in the Props and Hops Craft Beer Draft belongs to Cody. And that means that Danny will round things out. So we've got me, Eno, Cody, Danny. I guess I don't feel so bad about that uh, because Danny could probably pick last in every single round and just run laps around at least a couple of us. I was going to say the same thing. He could be 10th pick and still bring stuff out that we wouldn't even be thinking about. (laughs) We'll see, guys. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, this, this will be a good time, but in the spirit of fairness, we will make this a snake draft. So again, Eno, of course, knows what that means. I think all four of you guys, yep. uh, all four of us do, but yep. to any listeners not too familiar with fantasy sports, if you're unacquainted. So the first pick in the first round will go to me, but then I'll go last in the second round. Uh, similarly, right. Danny picks last in the first round, so he'll go first in the second round to level the playing field as much as possible. Um, 
And with that, I guess we'll we'll get on the clock soon and uh, get this going. I I won't need to uh, build this up too much. With the number one overall pick, I am going to snag Monkish for Hazy IPA. I feel like that was probably going to go before the board came back to me. So um, couldn't pass on, you know, Foggy Window, Water Balloon Fight Club, some of the absolute classics into the really hyped, possibly overhyped at times hazies they put out, but but they're fantastic. So Monkish Hazy IPA is the first overall pick. And with that, I'll pass it over to Eno. That's a strong pick. That's very strong. Thank you. It, it felt like a low-hanging fruit, so maybe I'll get a little bit riskier later on. <laughs> yes, yes. The second pick. Hmm. I'm going to do something weird here. I don't feel as uh, strongly about my list uh, of stouts. And I really love um, coffee and cigarettes. So even though it's uh, known for their dobis, for their hazies, uh, I'm going to take Cellar Maker mm. for stouts. Because I have a longer Ooh. list of hazies that I think the hazies will come back to me. So that's a little bit of fantasy for you. Yeah. Fantasy. <laughs> Playing the scarcity. Playing the scarcity game. I like it. I, I had Cellar Maker on the board for multiple categories, not for stout. So that definitely there does take a couple options off. Now you guys are going to like, when you guys do pick all your stouts, I'm going to be like, oh, duh, you idiot. <laughs> you could be playing spoil game too, because I, I had Cellar Maker for Hazy and West Coast, but now it's off yep. the board. Now off the Likewise. board. <laughs> that's a good, good strategic pick, in my opinion. All right, am I on the clock now? Let's do this. All right, Cody, you I'm have like ten go, minutes. I'm thinking I don't even need it. I <laughs> cut it in half. Um, I'm gonna. Ten th- I'm, I'm starting. <laughs> I, I I got it. I got it on my list. So I'm thinking outside the box, and because um, similar to what Eno was saying, my logger category, I wasn't sure where to go. So I'm yeah. jumping in logger first. Oh no. And I'm picking Ennegrin for my long. Okay, Logger is my shortest, the shortest yeah. of my. I'm worried about my that option. one too. <laughs> so if everybody could cool it on Loggers for a bit, that would be appreciated. Uh, well played, Cody. I was I was afraid of that one going round one, so I had to jump in. All right, Danny, back to back. Okay, West Coast IPA. Uh, this is a very tough one, as you guys know. I, there's probably about five that could be number one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Pizza Port. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, that was the other one I had down for, uh, yeah, well, you, I can talk about it now. They're off the board, uh, for Stout, because I like bacon and eggs. Well, that would have been a good one too. Although I guess that's a porter, but. Yeah. It's not, we, we, that's not yeah, we can be flexible on the guidelines of it, but <laughs> yeah, I guess to your point, it's not gonna come into play, cause Danny, uh, Danny took, Possibly, I think the best value you can get if you're shopping for beer in California, the 12 pack of 16 ounce cans of Swamis is ridiculously affordable and the quality is just off the chain. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, round one is in the books. Danny, we're going to stick with you. Pick number okay. two. Um, let's see. Let's go. Let's go flex. Hmm. Mm. All right, Saison. Do right? not do it. Don't do it. 
Sante Darius. Ah! <laughs> wow. That was my flex. <laughs> that is a that's a formidable. Ah. Very good. Well done. Sniped me. That was gonna be my second pick. Should have made it my Yeah. Pick. Yeah. I figured they wouldn't make it back. Okay. Bernice. Okay. My God. Yeah. And I love that Sellerman. Oh my God. Oh, that's in my fridge. Maybe I should have that. <laughs> We're spoiled. They're doing a lot of shipping in California too. So it used to be almost unattainable. And, and unless you're demanding Wesley, then a lot of it is still, even West Ashley, they're shipping bottles once in a while. So that's been a big silver lining to this pandemic is getting some good beer without having to leave the house. And, and Sarah has been at the forefront of that, I think. All right. My back on the clock. Okay. You're back, Cody. I guess I don't need to ask that every single time. I apologize. Okay. I'm going to jump in because, uh, this is probably my biggest list, but, um, and this could be a super Homer easy pick, but I'm going to jump into the West Coast IPA category before someone else takes it and I'm going to steal Russian River. Ooh. Not, not bad. Yeah. I, I don't know why I was hoping they might last a little while. That was wishful thinking to say the least. Yeah, um, I have double dry hop Pliny in the fridge. Actually, I think uh, you ought to get 16 cans, so I've got still a few four-packs left. If anybody wants to come help me get through them while they're still in peak form, then they're ready just, to be had. I just sent eight boxes out today. Matt, I'm sorry. I sent eight boxes. You you wasn't one of them, but I'll, I'll, I'll send next week. Okay, all good. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I can uh, get you some good stuff from down this way to make that happen. We will definitely... Uh, close that loop offline. I appreciate the heads up, though. Oh, man. On that note, it's back to Eno. Okay, well, I made a scarcity pick, and now I'm just going to make a pick that I love. Uh, Highland Park for West Coast IPA. Damn it. Solid. I love Hello LA. Their Mosaic Hop Lager is one of the best beers Oh, I should have picked them for lager, dude. I don't think I've had that one. <laughs> yeah, all right. Highland Park, West Coast. I'm going to take a moment to make sure you guys have updated info on the on the dock we're tracking this with. Um, I think we're good to go. Cool. All right. Damn. Okay, a couple good West Coasts off the board already. Um, I guess I – well, you guys can't pick another West Coast, so I might wait on it, although there are some good West Coast IPA factories that also excel in other categories. So I don't want to get complacent there. Let's see. Um, all right. I am going to venture just slightly out of Los Angeles County, down the coast a bit, somewhere between myself and Cody down in San Diego. And I will take Bottle Logic first out. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, that's a, good one that's a great pick. On my list. That was yeah, awesome. There are some other really good stout options. I just felt like there, there were probably, there were, I guess there, well, there's only four of us, but there were like two or three that I would have felt really happy with. And then after that, there seemed to be a bit of a drop off. Um, so, so I've got the hazies. I've got the stout, uh, back to me. Let's see. All right. I'm going to see how I can work this in. I know my brewery. I know my brewery. I need to. Determine the style. Okay. Um, there are more options there. All right. I am going, I feel like lager is a, an oddly possibly scarce category here. Um, so I'm going to give it the lager style and it's green cheek. 
and Ooh. orange. Um, their pills That's Titan funny. is fantastic. Uh, they just released Pally Pills last week, I believe, as we record this. Um, they do everything so well, but um, I guess if, if it's not a Timbo Pills from Highland Park, then Green Cheeks Loggers probably go right up at the top of the list. So uh, nice. with that, I will be off the clock for some time and kick it back to Eno. All right. Well, I've, uh, I'm doing some strategy here, and there's so many great hazies in uh, the state of California right now. I'm going to skip ahead to lager. There's also the concept of recency bias, which I actually think is huge in beer because we forget about, you know, Pliny the Elder. Well, maybe not. That's goat beer. But, like, we forget about old, awesome beers we have, and we just remember what's in their fridge. Right now, in my fridge, I have uh, Party Cup from, Ooh, uh, no. North, from North Park Brewery. So I'm going to take, even though I love their hazies and I love their West Coast, I'm going to take North Park for my lager with nice. Party Cup. Solid. That's they a great. Have, is that is that anything like the pounds. mosaic that you were talking about? Because it's um, party cup is like the is a mosaic lager. Was that anything like the Highland Park? Yeah, the North Park, the party cup. When I had that for the first time, it blew my mind. And then I had the it's the Timbo Pills, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's the their mm-hmm. mosaic. And then I had the Timbo Pills, and I'm like, okay, that that's what it's like to be on another planet. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's phenomenal. So that is, I I say that's a strong pick if I have an opinion. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and now North Park's off the board, which is rough. North that that affects a few categories. Mm, It sure does. Okay, and it affects like three that I have left. Okay, so (laughs) I'm gonna go ahead and jump in on my hazy now, Um, and I'm definitely. If you guys know me on my show, if I don't pick this brewery, I'll probably be told <laughs> I screwed up. So for Hazy, I'm going to take Burgeon Beard in Carlsbad. Yeah. Right That's on. what you're drinking right now. Recency yeah. bias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I don't know if anybody was looking at the doc, but uh, a, a good bit before Cody got that pick in, as soon as he said Hazy, Burgeon was plastered on the board <laughs> for his second. You didn't even yeah. wait, need to wait for me to speak. Yeah, there – they're one that you cannot go wrong with. Again, across a few styles. West Coast, uh, I think, is it Trivana? They're mm-hmm. one of their flagship West Coasts. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah. one of the reasons I stopped by there today is I picked up a four-day-old five-gallon keg of Trivana for the house. So, all right, so we're, we're all invited over after this. Exactly. Oh, yeah, decision. absolutely. We, we could have done this draft <laughs> in the backyard, and I would have just supplied all of us. It would have been great. Jeez. But next oh, time you guys are in the area, drop me a line. Come on by. Oh, that's, yeah. Good call. Not a surprise to see you take them early, but very well deserved. <laughs> All right, Danny, back to you for two in a row. All right. Uh, so hazy IPA, you guys pick some good ones. Uh, I'm going to throw modern times beer. Ooh, a lot of haze coming out of there. And then for sour, I'm going to go the rare barrel. I <sighs> strong. Hoping. I know, I they're, hoping, you know they're starting to uh, kind of dip their toe in some IPA a little bit, but yeah, uh, with some collaborations, huh? That's a that's largely probably the biggest like almost all sour brewery right now in California. Yeah, mm. so good. That was a good, okay. good pick. Yeah, I like the geographic diversity too. Danny's already got pretty much the whole state blanketed from Pizza Port up to Rare Barrel and Santa Darius, so. 
that if nothing else, Danny's winning so far for blanketing the whole state from north to south. And we expected that, right? He he knows this state. He knows these beers, these breweries. He know yeah, he knows the state and and pretty well beyond. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to traveling soon, guys. This is making yeah. me, this is making me uh, making you want to go to some breweries. <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna follow Danny's lead and jump in with uh, my sour pick. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay close to home or if I wanted to travel up the coast a little bit. But because of a certain beer that's going to be making its return, I think next week with an online sale, I have to jump in and stay close to home. So for sour, I'm going Lost Abbey. Dang it. It's a good pick. Oh, my list I thought was long enough. Oh, crap. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, California gives us a lot to work with, but still starting to feel squeezed with some of these blue chips coming off the board. Hmm. I'm actually furiously looking through my pictures of the beers I've had recently. <laughs> I should be able to do this better, but um, I may need to just jump on a hazy just so I get what I a brewery I want. It is my pick, right? It yeah. is. Um, I might have to do... Some hurried research on sours because I thought Rare Barrel might last. Why yeah. were they thinking, man? They make some of the best sours ever. Lost, uh, the, the, uh, and Lost Abbey, the, the wild, uh, what's the wild, uh, wild poppy? The oh, red poppy. Oh, red poppy. Red, red poppy. Yeah. So yeah. amazing. And then you, you were talking about cable car coming back. Yeah. They're doing like a three different year sale next week. Online um, cars online. Yeah. Going to be gone in a minute. Yeah. And then they're, they're canning red poppy starting soon too, which is going to be wild. Yeah. Whoa! The, if I'm not mistaken, the pictures it almost looks like the can format's one of the the tall skinny cans, almost like a seltzer, but something uh, perhaps infinitely better than what's ever gone into a seltzer. Yeah, it's like a Red Bull can looking thing. That. All right. Yeah, I'm that'll gonna, be really interesting. I'm gonna. Hmm. Hmm. Can I ask a board question? You <laughs> picked a hazy, right? Yes. Uh. I'll uh, and I'll drop a link into our chat. There's a Google Doc okay. that you'll be able to reference where we're keeping the board up to date. All right. Well, I'm gonna let it ride, man. Because if <laughs> I get this hazy, if I get my hazy as the hazy, then I'll be really happy. I'll feel like I did it. And this sour is the one that's coming to mind right now. So I'm going with Firestone Walker mm. or sours, just because they have a, a lot of really good ones. A lot of the ones that. Uh, don't make it around. The ones that even make it make it around are good. But like, um, I'm trying to think of the, the one that, the wandering something or other. The the one that um, he kind of takes around with him sometimes in, in around California. I forget what it's called. Um, oh, what is that called? Firestone Walker. Do they have Do they have one that like rips off the truck they take everywhere? The I know the Wanderer is Brewery. Yeah, Brury. That's not know. it. Anyway, it's like a reference back to, it's some like, it's some, some like internal reference. But you know, you guys know the other ones that they have. They have, uh, um, the Rosette or something. They have, um, mm-hmm. Feral One. Yeah. The Bread of Weiss. Uh, they yep. have a Sour Opal. Uh, I like, I like their sours probably better than all the rest of their beers. So I that was, take... the, it was between them and Lost Abbey when I said I was, I had two. Yeah. Firestone was my, was my second choice. Yeah, and you know, for me, like, uh, like they, 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 they've done a lot of seminal beers. They're a little bit falling behind right now, I think, because they haven't done a new, like, their hazy hasn't been amazing, and they haven't, 
they haven't like done a new thing. But if you think back, I think Easy Jack is amazing. Uh, I think Opal's pretty good. Their sours are really good. Uh, they've, they've managed to bring it a bunch of times. Like one of the first beers I ever liked was Double Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and Wookie Jack. And they don't even make those anymore. So I'd like to give Firestone Walker a little bit of love. They should bring back that Pivo Pills too. Yeah, Pivo, man. They were, they were on my short list for lager for that reason. Yeah. Pivo oh. Pills and Firestone Lager. But to Eno's yeah. credit, Back in the day when people went to offices with a lot of other people, I had a team outing one summer Friday afternoon, and we did the Firestone Walker Propagator in Venice, and Bretta Rosé was just That's flying. It, yeah. That that was just flying. So they totally fit the sour category as well. Yeah. All right. Wow. We're we're getting down the home stretch. I'll, I'll be down to one pick after this back-to-back. Um, I'm looking at my board. I, I still need a West Coast, a sour, and a flex. Um, all right, let's see here. I will go with, I feel like sours have been flying, so I'll make sure to get one of those in this wing. I'm looking at one brewery, but I want them for sour and West Coast, so I'm taking <laughs> a second here. <laughs> uh, I know I'll take them. All right, let's do. Well, I think I can guess. Yeah, I, I want to get, I want to get some geographic diversity, and, and I haven't gone up north yet. Um, yeah, right, I know what this so, one is. I have a few up north. I I don't think I'm gonna get there yet, though. You know, no. oh, man, not not quite. Um, okay, so I am going to go with homage for sour. Mm, that's a great pick. They are coming to uh, Chinatown in LA, and they'll be pretty much neighbors with Highland Park pretty soon. So that's gonna be a dynamite one-two punch before a Dodgers game or anything at Staples Center. So. Yeah, um, they're they're a bit inland from the LA area right now, but still a, a just fantastic spot, and I can't wait for them to be more local. So yeah, uh, Wild Pink Robots is a really popular sour they've been producing, but they've even got this what uh, Danny you probably know it better than I do, but like Saison Spritz series. Yes, yeah, and they just uh, it's just enough fruit to is maybe like maybe they're trying to go for like the like Lacroix action where it's like it's a fruit beer, but it's not a fruit beer. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, I've never Pretty had brilliant. their beers. It's, I think their sours are just incredible, but people line up for anything they do. But I think their strong point is definitely the sours. Are they tiny, yeah. like Big Chief or something? They are tiny. They are uh, they're just in like a little hole in the wall in the city of Pomona, which is like the border of like L.A. and San Bernardino. Yeah, yeah, they might almost be a. Uh... A three chiefs, but instead of stout, like a, a sour, oh, it's a nasty IPA. Yeah, they, I do think they fit that mold a little bit with their size relative to the acclaim that they've taken on so far. And can't wait for their second spot to be closer to home, uh, selfishly in my case. Right. Um, and then for West Coast IPA, uh, another, I think, strong candidate for sour, but I will go ahead and take them for West Coast. Going down to San Diego and claiming society. Nice. Uh, they have is, also... What is, what is pupil? Yeah, the pupil is their flagship West Coast IPA. It's the West Coast, okay. Yeah, and they've been canning and distributing that, I believe, for the first time during the pandemic. Yeah, it showed Probably. up in my in my in my guy's beer fridge, and I've been buying it as like my my bulk beer. And That's, yeah, great yeah. price on that beer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just you can't go wrong with pretty much anything they do. But um, they in a very competitive West Coast IPA market in San Diego, they are I'd say holding their own and then some. Are so, there single hop bachelor four packs making it up to where you guys are? I don't think uh, I've seen them yet. 
We got bulbous two beers the other day. We get two beers. We get pupil. And I think we get bachelor. I know we get two beers. Uh, I just always get the pupil. So I forget what the other one is. (laughs) I feel like the harlot is a big distro beer for them. That's just very Uh, approachable. Those are the ones in in like the cardboard six pack, the the 12 ounces. Yeah. They've been doing, they're canning their, uh, the bachelor single hop down here and they're coming out every few months or so. And those are outstanding. So if, if those aren't available where you guys are, feel free to reach out. I'll totally hook, hook it up and send you guys some of those because they're killer. They just did a Motuika one. They did a, a New Zealand mm-hmm. Cascade one recently, which was outstanding. So uh, definitely I, I'd be more than happy to send those up to you guys. Sweet. Thank you. There might be there uh, are, a few There are still beer beers like we can't get. <laughs> yeah, there might be some beer trades followed followed up uh, from this draft. We just and Danny, that, that bulbous flowers is good. I was surprised. I mean, I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to, I mean, I know it just won that little award or whatever, but, uh, when we cracked that one here, it was like, oh, damn, right out of the gate, making <laughs> hazy's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can do no wrong. Um, you know, you've still got a hazy and a flex. I can't believe disposal. I'm going to let it ride on the flex because <clears throat> there's, there's so much creativity. I think you can maybe pull off with that one and I've got a couple ideas there that I don't think anybody's going to pick but I, I cannot believe that I I can choose between these two breweries for Hazy so I do feel like I did the right thing by putting off Hazy uh, and it's like picking between my children but it's that's not as hard as people say it is they just don't want to admit it <laughs> so I will pick Alvarado Street baby oh my god I can't believe How it's did still that on slip? the board yeah. and, and I'm guessing Eno thought that's where I was going because when we recorded our baseball and beer episode before opening day I had the Alvarado Street T-shirt on so uh, that's, actually, that's probably I my oversight were, I thought you were going somewhere else because Alvarado sours are only okay for me mm-hmm. uh, they yeah. do a lot of kettle and lactose and kind of the candy beer. Type of yeah, sour. Yeah, they, they've been trying some other stuff. Um, and, and, and some of their sours are okay, but I'm, I'm kind of out on the kettle lactose thing. Yeah, agreed. But, but they're, they're, I think their, uh, um, contains no juice mm-hmm. is like a kind of almost like a Mount Rushmore beer. It's like a, just one of those beers. Like if someone said, I have, to, I, I'm going to try three or four beers when I come to Northern California, I'd be like, contains no juice. My tie yeah. is pretty damn good. My tie yeah. too, yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And then nine, and they did nine. a Virgin did like a little my tie, right? They did a little collaboration. Yeah, they did a my first crush. It was a like they they said it was a mix between the my tie and then the uh, uh, Carl's bad crush that pure that uh, uh, Virgin does. I heard it was really good. It was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. I, hopefully they'll bring that back again. It was like a more anniversary thing in January that they did. And I really hope that they continue that at least as like, you know, moving down the line as like a more regularly available collaboration. Yeah. I hope yeah. but, uh, we'll see. Yeah. That was pretty outstanding. But if you, if you just go and pick up, it's actually almost a complaint, uh, a little backhanded compliment almost for Alvaro Street is it's like, if you go and get a hazy from them, like the, 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 the floor is really high. They're almost, I'm not, I'm almost saying they're all the same. They're not quite. But like the floor is really high. Like it's not going to be bad. And you know, it always has like an eighties 
sunset with like you know some pink and <laughs> they got the like same Trans Am or something. Yeah. A Trans Am, yeah. yeah, that's a good the, one. <laughs> the jet skis, yeah, exactly. But but I, I'm super excited to go to that bike. Yeah, and they also collabed with Great Notion for probably my favorite of a style I generally don't seek out, which would be the milkshake IPA. Mm. Those can be pretty. Uh, I guess they can sit a little heavy, and they they I, did. I'm not a big fan. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't drink milk, <laughs> so I don't know lactose. I, I can though. I can yeah. kind of dig it in a in a stout because stouts to me are like bedtime anyway. It's yeah, like thick and heavy. But I, I you know, the the milkshake IPA is not not a big not a really big fan. It's it's kind of like a big trend. I mean, people are. It's I, I think it's like bigger on the East Coast than out here even. Yeah, I feel like Tired Hands comes to mind when when I try to pinpoint the first time I heard of it. And the first I think the first one I had was a Tired Hands vanilla milkshake. And it was really good. But after a few ounces, you're you're kind of good on it. And just sharing, I'd still prefer to share a can at 16 ounces. But even an 8-ounce pour of that Bank Shake collab between Alvarado Street and Great Notion, I don't know that it fully fit the definition of a milkshake because it didn't sit as heavy. But that was also really enjoyable. So, yeah, you know, I think you made a good pick in terms of when they do their own stuff or when they're collaborating with somebody like Virgin or, or Great Notion, they continue to kill it. So, um, yeah, good value this far down the board. I'm all about that value. All right. I'm not sure if I want to go stout or flex. I know I'm pretty quick on my next one after this one. So mm, I think I'm going to go stout. And you guys may give me a hard time about this because I'm not going as geographical, but I feel like with I, the fact that this is still on the board, I feel like it, I have to take it. So for Stout, I have to go Ailsmith. Nice. I have to go Ailsmith. They're, uh, the Vietnamese Speedway is definitely one of my favorite Stouts of all time. Yeah, I love, uh, love those Stouts and they always have something cool. They have the whole barrel room down in uh, Miramar. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've always got something barrel-aged and crazy to try. Good pick. Might yeah, not be they've that, got a lot of very good pick. Might not be a lot as of hype as some of the other ones, but you know, it's good is good. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, outside of the stout three ninety four, or even what they've done with Penguin ah. Junior now, like that tie-in is is really nice. It happens to be you know kind of baseball theme, but it's still really good beer. To your point, doesn't get all the hype, but they're so consistent. You always know you're going to get something fantastic from them. What is what's the the Ballast Point ripoff of 394? Oh, the uh, swing swing fry or something. Fryer, yeah. 394 <laughs> is so much better than that, and and it's such a shame because Petco used to have 394 everybody everywhere, and now it has swinging fryer everywhere because they made the deal. Yeah, you have to go to. I don't know what it will be like this year because I went to opening day, but the crap, like the beer carts up on the concourse weren't open. The ones behind home plate. Yeah. You had to sit down and order it on your phone and it was like whatever. Worst selection, right? Yeah. Whatever they thought would be interesting is what they made available. So it was like, you know, it was kind of hard to make a pick. And of course, opening day, I was going to go 394 because it's Padres and Tony Gwynn. Why not? Hometown hero. But, um, yeah, if you go to the actual cart when it's open, you can get it on tap. But there, that ballast point at at a uh, Petco Park is a huge, huge deal. That's where is the three nine four in a cart? Oh, what, in one of those carts behind home plate, where yeah, like resident is and 
Yeah, they had an Ailsmith cart at least two seasons ago when, yeah. I mean, last year there was nobody there, but two seasons ago, uh, we were going a lot and we would always hit that craft cart right away. Mm-hmm. And they, the Ailsmith cart had 394. You could get it on tap pour. So I've had Speedway at a, at a Padres game, which seems like, uh, <laughs> seems like a ridiculous thing, but it's pretty they awesome. They poured in like the little small wine glass. Yeah, right? <laughs> like we don't trust you. With this. <laughs> We're not giving you a bomber of this. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. They, the one time I had it at Petco, they served it like in left field underneath the, uh-huh. like, the nosebleeds and you had to go to a little coffee stand. Yeah. And the coffee stand. We were so I stoked. made friends with Neil, the beer man. He's, he's on Twitter. Oh, really? Do you know who that is? Yeah, I know who that is. Okay. Yeah, because Neil the Beer Man used to have a little, uh, a little beer kiosk that was right across from where you would get Coffee Speedway. Oh no! Okay, okay cool. That's rad. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know if he still has anything because the last time I went, I don't even think that his kiosk was there anymore. They, yeah. they always, they change it up. You know, it's, it's kind of a raw deal sometimes to, uh, to put your beer in a stadium because they mm, want giving it away. Yeah, it's it's like the bad marketing deal. They want they want to want a really low price, and then you also have to make like gallons and gallons, like thousands of gallons of whatever you give them, right? Yeah, because there's, you know, they have to be there has to be enough there for potentially like ten thousand people to order it. Yeah, we did a we did a podcast with the owner and brewer of Resident a while ago, like right after they signed that. Their deal. hazy was like the best beer in the park for a while. Yeah, they. I mean it. They weren't complaining, but just like, telling me about the process of keeping it available at all times. Plus, they have a restaurant that they're a part of, which is very busy. Yeah, it, it it's got, and this isn't coming from them, just from me watching them and hear them talk about it. I'm like, this has got to screw up your entire brew schedule for the entire yes. season of baseball. All of a sudden, one beer you make is more than all the rest of your beers that you make combined. Exactly. Yeah, you have to have that on because you signed a deal with baseball. So if you <laughs> screw up and don't have all these kegs, then you're I gotta, out. I got to listen to that podcast, man. I want to. I want to write about this because it's an interesting intersection of baseball and beer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, like you I, know, I heard up up here in the north, um, I, I heard uh, that Alvarado Street didn't actually want their beers uh, there or at the park because. They were selling, um, 16 ounce cans for like 20, 22 bucks. Mm-hmm. And Alvarado Street was like, I, we just don't want, even though it, it might not necessarily mean that we have to make a lot more because it's cans. It's not, it's not like I have to give you a keg all the time. Mm-hmm. We're still going to have our name associated with your pricing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just don't want anybody to think that we would normally have someone ask to, to, to pay $22 for a can. Well, there's some breweries in San Diego that I've talked that have mentioned, like when it comes to before the season setting up those carts, mm-hmm. the price tag just to start the conversation, not even to get the cart, just to get them interested in you is so high that a lot of breweries are like, it's not fe- it's money from the brewery. Exactly. They're paying to essentially get the conversation started, <laughs> but crazy. then you have to stop all production because they decide they want. XYZ Blondale at every game and now your big selling IPA has to stop because we need to brew six days straight of just this Blondale to get it down to Petco Park. <laughs> and like Firestone yeah. Walker can be like, yeah, we can get you, you know, 20,000 gallons of 808. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We can get you all the 808 you want. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Went to spring training in Tempe, Arizona and they had, uh, yeah, they had, uh, Mind Haze. As well as, yeah, everybody was walking around. I think the, uh, 
bottles everybody was walking around with like 22 ounces or 22 ounce cans that wouldn't pass out glass bottles at a I baseball cans, stadium. This is just another reason why cans are the future, man. With the cans, yeah. you just, it, it, it lasts longer, right? It lasts longer. It's, it's like, what is it? What do you guys, what do you, what do you guys think is can versus tap? Like ideally, what do you, it's like 85%, 95% as good as tap. Am I crazy? I don't know. I'm going to let Danny answer that one. I think he would be the best. The, the beer will probably. stay fresher in that keg, um, assuming it's cold. Um, but I think, you know, people love the cans. Like I think, and then there's less and also chance there's of getting like, skunked. Yeah. And that's chances getting skunked. And then supply chain stuff, right? Where it's just like, right. we're out of cans or like we can have, we can have a, like a, a large selection of cans and you can get whatever cans you want. And then right. we'll get more cans later and it doesn't have to be the exact same beer. We don't have like tap handle that we have to change and all that stuff, you know? Right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I like we we I got like off it. topic there, but let's get back to the draft. What's what's All going on? Cans. They say you drink with your eyes first, and and good can art goes a long way to make the case <laughs> for that format as well. Yeah, but to uh, to your point of moving things along, I believe we are next off to. Uh, let's see, Cody. Wait, did you Cody? Yeah, I did Stout, so I think it's Danny's. Danny. Cody did Aylesmith. That's right, Danny. It's back to you. All right, so uh I have, you know, stout and lager. Um so let me let me go with lager first. Um Bagby Beer Company. Ooh, great last pick for lager. Um you know, German lagers, uh, uh the whole rainbow, the whole spectrum, Vienna lagers, Czech lagers, pilsners of all types. Uh perfect. Just across the board. And Bagby's the original brewer of Pizza Port? He was uh, a brewer at Pizza Port Carlsbad, uh, worked his way up the ranks there, and then started his own uh, destination. Uh, I don't it's know, if, Cody, is it, would we consider it a brew pub? Yeah, that's definitely, I would say that's a brew pub because it's a... Uh, yeah, a Bagby burger. Yeah, it's like the burger's full. good. The, 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 yeah. the view, too, you can sit up, up at oh, the top gorgeous. there and it is just, just see almost out of the water. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he's not making trendy IPAs. He's not making hazies. He's not even making, you know, San Diego style IPAs. But if you want an alt beer or you want like the best interpretation of a German lager, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a better one than at, uh, Bagby's. Nice. Um, now, you know, I, I was getting, you know, the kudos from you guys for going up and down the map, but I have one, my, my final pick for, uh, to fill up my card would be stout. And, uh, this is, might be a polarizing pick to some of you, but, uh, I'm going to go with Horace aged ales for stout. Um, uh, I've been on, on my, on my weekly podcast, I came up with the term luxury barley wine because, you know, all of a sudden <laughs> out of nowhere, people are, are, you know, selling 50 to a hundred dollar bottles of barley wine, which I think is absurd, but <laughs> Horace, in my bag. Horace is selling luxury pastry stouts. Uh, these things, uh, you know, start at $40 for a bottle of, uh, stout, oftentimes, uh, with adjuncts, hazelnut, coffee, et cetera, vanilla. Um, and then every once in a while it'll be barrel aged and then you can, you can safely add 15, 20 more dollars to that, uh, bottle of beer. Uh, and just to be clear, th- this isn't, you know, this isn't your dad's, you know, pint of Guinness here. This is, uh, something that would be like a liquefied chocolate bar. It has about uh, like 700 more calories. <laughs> right. Right. And so this would be something you would want to have, you know, after dinner, 
maybe with some coffee uh, on the side. With some friends. Uh, with some friends. <laughs> but uh, as far as, you know, the genre of pastry stout, I, I would say that this, he's in that elite level. Um, and, you know, while it's not everyone's cup of tea to drink more than two ounces of this stuff, it's definitely <laughs> uh, very memorable, uh, very flavorful. I'm a big proponent of the eight ounce, eight ounce cans, man. Mm-hmm. I love those stubbies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in because I have been a Horace member since year one, just recently renewed for year four coming up. And yeah, I am not a coffee fan. So I've generally stayed away from stouts. Uh, I've developed a taste over the years, but I got into it more for the sours. He, he might do sours better than even his finest barrel aged stout, but I know the market demand is, is really high for those stouts. Right. So it's been, Good for me to get into that. I think Horace, uh, Gossock's Grasp is probably the stout that won me over on the style because it's not, it doesn't feel like diabetes in a bottle the same way as some <laughs> stuff. Uh, maybe from, you know, uh, not to poke because I, I admire these breweries, but I'm going to throw them under the bus. Like it's like a, a Jay Wakefield or, or Cycle Casey. I guess a lot of the Florida breweries, it's maybe a little bit too approachable. Um, definitely pastry-ish, but... Um, it was, it was just fantastic. And his barrel aged stuff, I wish it came in that same format, even when it was non-barrel aged. It's, I think it's 350 milliliters, which is more or less equivalent to a 12 ounce bottle. And to Eno's point, eight That's to 12 3, ounces of that calories. stuff. It's a really? Good no, I don't know. Just, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think it is. I wouldn't I believe you. But... I, it's, it's crazy enough that I believe you. And I just flashed back to New Year's I think Year's all of Eve. us have believed it. Everyone believes four Baconators. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, my gosh. Yeah. things better than that, though. Yeah, what was the – Danny, do you remember the bourbon barrel-aged version of Gosshawk's Grasp? Uh, it was in the reddish packaging. I had it on New Year's Eve. I I soloed a bottle of it. It was the smaller format, but I still believed you when you said 3,000 calories. I'm like, what you know, the hell that, did I do to myself? I, mean, I, I guess I that's the fitting end of 2020. I understand how he's making these stouts, and it's just like if if we really wanted to blow our own mind, I'm sure I'm sure it's over 2,000 calories for that little bottle, but I don't know. It's something you shouldn't yeah. be thinking about when you've already bought a $40 bottle of beer. <laughs> I'll yeah. go running tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. The great thing about Horace, though, is people, there have been people who've given him a hard time about his pricing and all that stuff. But when he first started, the way that he was, like, the passion that he had, first of all, is insane. And second of all, like, brewing it off-site and then putting it in a giant vessel and trucking it to another place to do all the work to it. I mean, the amount of work that was going into some of these beers was absolutely unreal. So, I mean, he did, he didn't have his own facility that he was able to just brew and do whatever he wanted and experiment. He had to go somewhere, work with somebody else, and then truck all that beer mm. to another spot to put it in barrels or to put different adjuncts in and stuff. I mean, the amount of work that that Kyle put into these horse beers is absolutely unbelievable. And then. And the, the, just the time that costs money. You know, like rare barrel beers are not, are not cheap. And they mm. had to, they had to be open. They had to not sell beer for a year, right? Because they just had to have everything in barrels for a year. So, you know, once you do open and once you do, you know, barrel age those things, you have to, you have to pay for the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I don't, it's not the price is not, is not as much as, uh, just, just, I, I mostly drink alone in this house. I don't, I don't mean like I drink alone. I, I'm the beer drinker in the house. 
And so, you know, if I open one of those things, uh, you know, would I get to the end of it or would I fall asleep? Would dad be asleep on the couch? You know, uh, <laughs> and, and so then I end up having a lot of uh, stouts in the back of my fridge, just waiting, especially in COVID times, just like waiting for friends to come over. Sounds very sad. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest thing though. I mean, I've got a snatcher's grasp was that bourbon barrel aged version of Gossock's grasp, which I referred to earlier. It's basically a stout with uh hazelnut and coffee. Yeah. And he's using, Really nice ingredients, mm. but you know, to your point, I've got bombers from early on in year three and I'm sitting on them and hoping that they'll still be okay whenever I can crack them open. <laughs> um, I've got a friend who, who hosts UFC fight nights, uh, generally once a month and that's been on a long hiatus, finally yeah. coming back in May. Uh, so I hope some of this stuff is held Get up. Get that second well. jab, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a big undertaking if you want to crack one of those open without quite a bit of company. So. Um, hopefully they've held up okay and we can get back into some of the beer shares. Even if they look and feel a little different, it's going to be really nice to have those back on the horizon. And not to go off too much on this, but I have to agree with you, Matt, about the Horace Sours. They had one, I don't remember the name. You may remember it. I'm sure you had it. I think it was like a lime sour and it was like, it was, it was insane. Absolutely insane. I'd had the stout and then I had that, I think it was a lime sour, if I remember correctly. And I'm like, wow, okay, that might be, that might be enough for me to go out and join that club to get these sours because that lime sour was out of, out of sight. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name offhand. I, um, I'll say it if it comes back to me, but this might be one. He made one that was like almost a like margarita inspired mm-hmm. sour. So like lime, I think it was aged in tequila barrels. Yeah. And it. somehow it was so, it was potent yet balanced and you, you rarely get those two together in a really big barrel aged sour. So he's ambitious, but he pulls it off. So <laughs> I know some of his stuff won't be for everybody, but I love this pick, Danny. I was considering it when I took bottle logic at eight overall in the second round. So I, I would have bet against it lasting this long, but um, yeah, it might not be for everybody, but at the same time, I think between the sours and the stouts and really the beers he's passionate about, he wants to open his own spot. I believe before too long and, whether it's West Coast IPA, Saison, barley wine is becoming a bigger thing. Just the whole spectrum. Um, I think Horace will eventually be a spot that has more something for everybody. But in the meantime, just killing it on the Souths. Well, he's done. He's become friends with a brewery not far from my house called uh, Staven Nail. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or not, but it's the uh, the old. He used to be the head brewer at Rip Current, which is like a perennial GABF winner. Mm for box and all these different like kind of older world styles also very well known for very hop potent IPAs. But, uh, the brewer who was working at him and his brother, both started Staven nail and Horace, Kyle and Horace have done some really cool can collaborations with Staven nail. And it's always something out of the box that you wouldn't expect. Cause you think Horace, you think big stouts, pastry, chocolate, like Danny said, liquefied candy bar, or you think like a sour beer and they've done some like Japanese lagers as a collaboration in cans, which is like very interesting. You don't think of that coming from Horace, so at least I don't, but it's very cool to see how it, it shows how well-rounded he is as a as an ambitious brewer, like you said, Matt. Yeah, super talented. You've got to, at a certain point, respond to market demand, mm-hmm. and, and the stuff he's making is selling, so credit to him. But it's nice to see that there could be more of the whole beer spectrum in the future. Maybe in a couple of years, Horace could be one of those candidates um, where multiple categories would warrant strong consideration. Mm-hmm. Maybe get him in a flex next year. 
Yeah. And on that note, it's your turn to you pick a flex. flex yeah. so you're not going to be picking Horace this year, but no. what do you have in mind? <laughs> I might steal it from Danny next year, but we'll see. Um, I had something in mind, but since there's, there's something still on the board, I think I'm changing my flex pick. And, uh, this could be crazy. I don't know. This might be a good idea. This might be a bad idea. But one of my favorite beers, I think, in California, I love it. It just hit San Diego again last week, and I've already had two four-packs of it, was the Double Dry Hopped Citra Pale Ale. So for Pale Ale, oh. for Flex, I'm taking El Segundo. Okay. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. You know, had that same reaction when I said Treehouse Julius was a great local beer for the Boston Red Sox, but maybe maybe I was fudging Treehouse being a little too far. It's about an hour. Um, I guess that's a response to Pale Ale being really close to West Coast. But no, I just I think the Pale Ale is really interesting because I thought of like you know Dobis uh, from Cellarmaker mm-hmm. as a Pale Ale, and then um, I collaborated with uh, Old Irving in Chicago on the beer I'm having right now. Um, on this beer, and they decided to call it a session India Pale Ale, and I was like, "Dude, nobody likes the word session." Uh, <laughs> and apparently, they pulled the numbers on it, and uh, nobody likes the word session, but uh, nobody likes the word pale ale <laughs> either. I might be, I might be the uh, opposite of that. I love pale ales. If I see, a I pale love pale ales, dude. Is it like five percent? You know, like I love five percent. I can have a, a few of those. You know. Although I did, I sent a picture of the Citra Pale Ale when I got it last Friday to someone I, that's on Beer Night in San Diego with me, and he's his categorized he, the way he categorized this double dry hopped version was it's absolutely breaking the barrier of a pale. It's not a pale ale anymore, is what he said. But it's, uh, basically, it's an IPA. Yeah, I just remember when um, it's the so first hops there. Yeah, I, I just remember the first time I ever had El Segundo. It was when, uh, it was years ago, back when, uh, the Slater's 5050 was on Lake Forest in, uh, Orange County. And they did something called like the Backyard Brew Fest. I don't know if you guys were aware of that or ever went to that, but, uh, El Segundo was there and the, the Citra Pale at the time was just called Blue House Citra. And I just remember having one taste. Oh, yeah. And they gave you like the little wristband where you had like X number of tasters. For I didn't the go day. to the event, but I remember Blue House Citra. Yeah, I think yeah. I use like four of my eight on just that beer. <laughs> and it's El like, it's just, is, yeah. it's just stuck in my mind is like, that is such a phenomenal pale ale to me personally. So I had to, if, with El Segundo on the board, I feel like I have to throw them into flex for a pale ale. Yeah. Well, I, I interviewed those guys early on for beer graphs and, uh, I, I said, you know, I forget which beer it was, but I was like, you know, it reminds me of Blazing World. And they're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like Blazing World is the best beer ever. That's like that was our inspiration to start brewing. Nice. So uh they they definitely uh have a place in my heart. I love them. All the the uh mm, their IPAs, man. I'm trying to trying to remember one of their classic IPAs. Broken yeah. Skull is the big Steve Mayberry. Mayberry. Collab. Mayberry. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, well if we did this whole draft and didn't have El Segundo on the board, then we probably would have been doing something wrong. So good call to fit them into the flex. I, I, um, there's one pick left. So I don't know that I, I kind of want to give out my shout outs. Like the, there's like three breweries that I love that are still on the board. And so I kind of almost want to just say those three names, but I don't also don't want to steal one from you. So I'll just make my pick. Um, and then I will 
Maybe we should have like an honorable mention. Like, what's the best brewery that yeah. surprise didn't get get picked or something? Because... I have a, I have a lot on the list yeah. that I did before this that I cannot believe are still available. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm I've got one circled. I'm not going to take it because mm-hmm. I think the flex to be more like I could take it and just be like name one of their more obscure beers. <laughs> <laughs> like sour IPA from blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do one that is one of their flagship beers. And I believe this brewery should be represented in this, in this competition. And I love Saison. Saison DuPont is why I got into, uh, into craft beer. Uh, Saison DuPont and Pincus organic pills were like the two first beers. Those were my crossover beers. So I'm going to give some love right now to Hen House, oh. uh, for mm. their Saison. Because it is one of their best beers, it is uh, a flex. It's right in the spirit of this whole thing, and mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not cheating. I'm not doing any any Pay sort of weird fantasy it. pick. <laughs> 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 I'm not picking Stellar Maker for a stout here. Uh, I'm picking <laughs> Hen House for one of their best beers. I also enjoy uh, Colin McDonald's Twitter feed, um, and I think he talks really uh, eloquently to a lot of the uh, issues that face brewers. Uh, including freshness, how to uh, best market, how to best distribute your beer. Um, and uh, so I just uh, I wanted to give some love to Hen House. And uh, they're up there uh, in Northern California where a lot of my family is. And so I always stop by on the way home and pick up some Hen House. Often they're IPAs, I will admit, <laughs> but also they're Saison's. I love seeing two Saisons chosen for the flex style because I would put Saison on my Mount Rushmore of beer styles if pressed to do so, and I feel like they get short shrift sometimes. So it's nice to know that when you mentioned Saison DuPont, I was like, you know, this is a California competition. Where are we going here? I'm we not can't go to Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's a great call. I, I love seeing something that might not get as much hype but probably deserves more, and, and they seem to be doing a lot right and to that end, I'll, I'll make my last pick a, it's gotta be my flex. Um, and I will draw inspiration from Bigfoot barley wine Ooh. and throw Sierra Nevada in here. Another nice. one that I feel like we had to include a bit of an homage probably to the fact that Sierra Nevada pale was the craft beer that got me into this whole thing in the first sure. place. Um, Narwhal is a great stout, so they could have warranted consideration there. They make a great Oktoberfest. It's also a very approachable style to put in the flex. Hazy um, Little Thing is yeah. a great grocery store beer. I mean, if you if you're like anywhere in the U.S. and just you're like, ah, crap, what do I do? Hazy right. Little Thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I guess I went with the the barley wine um, flex, maybe because I know. Danny, you've done plenty of talk on, you kind of referred to it earlier, luxury barley wine. This would not yeah. really be the luxury barley wine. No, this is your uh, value. This is your budget barley wine. Yes. <laughs> Nar- Narwhal is uh, is an affordable stout that I like. And uh, it reminds me that uh, Lagunitas deserves some love. Their Westified stout is an affordable stout that uh, is, I think, amazing. And, you know, they make great beers. Yep. So yeah. on the same level. Well, on that note, you know, you kind of touched on it. Do you guys have any surprises? Um, I know 24 picks. There are so many other great breweries in the state, but are there any like glaring omissions that you guys thought? Um, Moonraker. That's a, yeah. I had Moonraker was on my top four for Hazy's and I had that. I, I, that was why I put Hazy off for so long is I just thought, well, I can always take Moonraker if I need to. 
for Hazy, I'm blown away. Um, that Pure Project. Yes, nice. Pure yep. Project. <laughs> I would have yeah. thought I, I put that I put Pure Project and Humble C on my Hazy list. Humble C. And I thought that those would go instantly, but uh, they're still available. They're still on the board. Yeah. And then field work for West Coast would have been field probably work for West Coast. Yeah. I'm pretty shocked Beachwood's not on the board. That was, yeah, Pure and Beachwood were the two glaring ones to me, yeah. And even the Blendery for Sour, there were multiple options for them. I might have have taken Beachwood over Firestone Walker. That was the the choice for me at Sour, but I don't don't get Beachwood as often up here. Well, should I, was I cheating with Flex for Pale Ale? Do I need to choose something different? Because I I can, but I don't want to, like, change my pick. I just don't want to cheat your pick. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I, yeah. I, I'm sticking with it, but I'm saying if you I guys... Was just, I was just, <laughs> just having fun. Okay. What cool. else were you considering, though? Well, if I was going to go Saison, like you guys were talking about, I'd go Casa Agria, but I'm, mm. I'm good with my El Segundo pick. Because that's yeah. another one I'm surprised isn't on there. And, and then, also, they're great for hazies, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially lately with their cans that are coming around. They're down yeah. here like crazy now, too. But I'm also surprised, like, Epic isn't picked for lager. I don't know if that, that was on my be. list. If Bagby had been taken, okay. And then uh, another one on my list was specifically for death and taxes was Moonlight for yeah, Lock. Yeah, I had death and taxes on there, but I don't even is Moonlight even around still? Yeah, they ship now. Yeah, huh. it's, it's not as easy to get down where I am. Absolutely, but uh, last time I was in San Francisco, like right before the right before COVID hit, we went to some tiny little bar and they had like a can fridge in the back and the only can in that fridge was moonlight death and tax that was it, it was like a death and taxes bar and we were like well i guess you know if you have to twist our arm to drink death and taxes this is where <laughs> yeah pure project pure project just across the board pretty good so yeah i think they yeah. probably just suffered because none of us wanted to pick them for they maybe not they were like top six and everything kind of idea you know, where no one's. I think if we had one more person in here, it would have been gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean Beachwood and Pure Project and Moonraker all probably would have gone if we had one more round. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and a quick omission on my part. If I'm talking Sierra Nevada, another. Uh, I don't know what we want to call it. Maybe it would have been a an IPA variation, but Celebration Ale is just such oh, an annual rite of passage. Yeah, yeah. I know Ooh. we're we're kind of just right in between right now, but right. that alone gets it right in the flex territory as well. Phenomenal beer. Yep. It's like a, I, I went crazy this last year because it didn't come down soon enough, at least in my opinion. And I was like getting anxious. Like, come on. It's almost, it's almost Thanksgiving. Where's my Christmas beers? Come on. Let's do this. If I can buy a Santa Claus at pick and save, I should be able to buy celebration at the grocery store. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I'm and, in a, in a San Diego beer chat, uh, that, uh, thinks that Mumford should be, should that, be, uh, should have been taken probably. Yeah, they were on my hazy list. Um, I think first out three chiefs and abnormal were some big ones. Uh, Celador, a, a good sour. I've never candidate. had an abnormal stout. Yeah, well, their guy. Well, it's uh, Moxa now, right? Yeah, no, yeah. So Derek Gallinos. Wait, what? Right? Abnormal is Moxa? Well, no, the brewer, their main guy. The put abnormal on the map. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he left from. I've been trying to figure out what Moxa is. All right, all right. Now Derek, who's basically made abnormal known they he went and started moxa which is doing they i'm surprised they're not picked today honestly but abnormal took a little step back then right they do a lot more um like hazies now hazies and they also got into like the kind of kettle sour game but they're still doing pretty good beers like uh 
being not far from them where I am, we are pretty close with those, with those folks and they do some pretty great beer and good food at their place. It's like a brew pub, kind of an upscale brew pub. But yeah, they have been, yeah. They have really good IPAs. They do some good, uh, they do a lot of good things. A lot of things very, very well. But I understand a lot of people followed Derek when he went to Moxa because he was, uh, he kind of put, he put them on the map to be who, what they were with their stouts and even their hazy game, you know, that he kind of created that whole brand for them. But yeah, the, uh, they're doing great. Their, their brewer just actually left again. Their new, their current brewer left again. So we'll mm. see what happens with them and where they go. Yeah. We definitely have some very strong cases for snubs. It was good to address some of the honorable mentions here. Were there any picks as we went along where you guys felt there was particularly strong value? Like if you think of one pick that somebody else called out or if something fell to you, um, that, that really felt like the best value of this draft, any, Initial thoughts on that? I'm gonna look at the board real quick and see what everyone picked. Yeah, I'll I'll kick it off. We already I, talked I, about it. Oh, go yeah. ahead. No, no, you go. All right, we talked about it a bit, but when Danny picked Horace with yeah, his final I was pick, say that, Horace, yeah. that was I was debating taking him in the second round. So to see them last all the way till the end, that just really stood out like a sore thumb. So well played there, and Horace sticks out for I, me for sure. Not a surprise that the uh, the co-founder of the Full Pint knows how to play this board and let things come to him. I'll tell you, uh, seeing Green Cheek take it for lager, I like, their lagers are great. They're excellent. They're world class. But to me, I'm like, the first thing I think of with Green Cheek would probably be their, uh, their West Coast IPAs and even mm-hmm. their hazies, then their lagers, which is a, not a bad problem to have when your third best style is lager. But yeah, oh my goodness. I agree. And that pick, I, I just knew if I didn't take Green Cheek when I did, then I wouldn't get them back. And they're my favorite brewery. So I kind of went to this thinking I have to get Green Cheek, but I would Mark. love to not it's get like them me with the, the first round. Cellar Maker and Stout. I, you know, I should have just taken them for a lager. I, they, I'm sure they make one. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't know which one, but I'm sure they have one and it's going to be good. Yeah. And Green Cheek also has a really good, uh, they have a good sour called Time Will Tell. Uh, they've done some other stuff. I mean, I almost made them, I debated putting them at the top of my board as a flex. I love that Dan and he went with Sante Adarius as a flex right off the bat. Oh, you did murder me with that one. Yeah. So, well, guys, this was a great time. Um, Thank you all for making time. I know we're a little north on an hour right now, so I want to uh, be respectful of everything else going on in the world right now. Again, we'll put together the draft board and and get this out online, let people get a look at it, and give us your feedback. Let us know maybe any other glaring omissions or strong value picks and, and really who puts together the best roster. So as we wrap things up, I want to give you guys one more chance to let listeners know where they can find your work and how to connect with you. Maybe sticking with that same north to south order working on the California coast, uh, Eno to Danny to Cody to plug what you guys are up to. Uh, you can find me. Uh, my podcast is called Rates and Barrels, which was uh, a nod to beer um, and also to baseball and the stats that we talk about on it. But we do have beer of the month. Uh, if you like baseball at all, I hope you'd like our podcast. And that part is free. Uh, you have to uh, subscribe to The Athletic to get my writing. Uh, and also my Twitter feed, which is just a total mess, uh, is uh, at E-N-O-S-A-R-R-I-S. And uh, I promise I have left Big Beer behind. That was uh, an ugly chapter in my life. Uh, but uh, some good came out of it. And, uh, I can enjoy beer a little bit easier now these days. 
So uh, please uh, come aboard. And thank you, Matt, for inviting me. I had a, I had a hell of a time. Yeah, well, thank you for coming back on the show. And just a quick note, then we'll uh, we'll also let Danny and Cody let people know what they're up to. But The Athletic, uh, well worth the price of admission between all the podcasting. Again, there's there's some great podcasts and Twitter follows that you guys can get for free. But if you have any interest in sports, uh, The Athletic is just redefining the industry, I think, for the best. And there's some really good options to get in on a very favorable price point right now. So highly recommend that as well. Free trial if you don't even want to put some money down at first. Yeah. All right. Danny. Make sure you check out thefullpint.com. Um, also, you know, we run a, a pretty regular weekly-ish podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram at the full pint and all other social media platforms. We're just having a good time right now. We're really uh, focusing on uh, entertaining content on the podcast. So check us out. Uh, we're having a good time. Yeah, a lot of good interviews with brewers across the country and also then just having on Andy Carter, your regular unofficial co-host, I guess, just to talk about what's going on in the industry. I like that balance of in-depth interviews with people making beer and then also having some really good conversations with people just about what's going on in the world of beer. Piping, piping, and, piping hot takes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speaking of keeping people up to date with what's going on in the world of beer, especially with a fantastic focus on one of the best beer markets probably in the world, uh, I don't think that's hyperbole. Cody, what's going on with Beer Night in San Diego? We're just recording every week, putting out as much content as we can. Well, not too much, obviously. We don't want to storm the market, obviously. No one would want to hear us that much. But uh once a week, and uh, we're just going to keep going on, doing the best we can. And when every Tuesday or Wednesday, we get together and record. And now that COVID's starting to slow down a little bit and the folks on the sh- my show have we've all got vaccinated that's not a trying to tell people to do one thing or the other just saying the truth but uh we're able to finally see each other in person again and that's great and we're actually be able to record in person for the first time since almost december of last year and uh that's been nice but you can follow us you can go to beer nine san diego.com uh instagram at beer nine san diego twitter is at three bzine which doesn't make a lot of sense but that's just how it is and uh the show is available on uh pretty much wherever you can get a podcast that's all it's we're just doing the best we can trying to make people laugh trying to get people to get into local craft beer and trying to teach people while being entertaining is the is the name of the game for us if we can if you can walk away laughing and have a little bit of knowledge after you hear us, then we feel like we've done our job. Yeah, I think you guys are doing that incredibly well because when you said you're going to finally get back to doing this in person, that was one of my first thoughts was the chemistry that you guys all have on the show is fantastic. And when I discovered your show, Getting Into Craft Beer a few years ago, it made it so fun. And it's great to learn a lot about this scene and, and try different beers, but also to almost feel like you know somebody that you've never met and have such a good time along the way. That just really elevates the experience. So you guys are killing it on that front. So looking thank forward to some in-person episodes soon. Absolutely. Well, thank you for including me in this with these two legends. I can't believe you emailed me after you talked to Eno and Danny because I these are two people that I follow and look up to. So, Danny, <laughs> is your last name Full Pint? <laughs> I come from a long line of Full Pints. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. He's from House yeah. Fine. Yeah. Uh, we traced we traced our roots back to Scotland. I think <laughs> they say it a little different, it's like full pint. <laughs> cool. 
Well, thank you guys again one more time. I really appreciate your time. Had a blast doing this, um, like Cody kind of just touched on. I am a longtime fan of what each of you are doing, and I look forward to continuing to follow it. And in the meantime, cheers. 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 Man, thank you. Goodbye. Thanks again to Eno, Danny, and Cody. I'd highly encourage you to follow their work if you aren't doing so already. And to do that, you can check out some links in the show notes. While you're at it, I'd appreciate it if you could also follow or subscribe to Props and Hops wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it would also be incredibly helpful if you could take a quick moment to give the show a rating and review. And if you'd like to keep the conversation going, I'd love to connect on Twitter, at MLandis18, and on Instagram, at Props and Hops. I'm especially curious to hear your thoughts on this episode. Feel free to check out that draft board I'll be posting on Twitter and Instagram, and let us know who built the best lineup and which breweries got snubbed. One more note, if you'd be interested in a write-up on the highlights from the draft, you'll be able to find that over at Dimers.com. And if you're looking to add to your beer fund, you can also check out Dimers.com's rundown of some of the best promo codes for sportsbooks in states where wagering is legal. I'll include a link to that rundown in these show notes. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of Props and Hops. We'll dive back into sports betting next week with a guest who's in the top tier of my wish list. I can't wait to bring you that conversation. And until then, let's bet well, let's drink well, and let's be well. 